T7M Radio brings to you the best of seven sports talk with seven Mitchell. What was your favorite game last night or yesterday as a whole? Um, I kind of like the Brooklyn Boston. What you think about KD and, and, and Kyrie, man? I mean, I know it's only two games in the year, but they that team looking pretty good. Are, are they really somebody serious that people got to watch for when it comes to the playoffs and all that? Yeah, right. Like so far, you know, two games, but I think they are trying to show that they 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 seem to beat in the East. Like they're showing like some high level of dominance and stuff. And they seem to be gelling together enough. They're going to be a problem. Like it might be that individually they still are just high enough that they don't need to worry about um, gelling. That you know, but right. we'll see time goes by. But as of right now, they're looking to be. They look like they're a serious problem. Like. I know their first game was crazy, but they played Golden State, so I wasn't really jumping off of the band, you know, jumping all crazy because they beat Golden State up. But, you know, Boston is a real uh, team that you definitely got to put respect on. Now, I don't believe Kimba Walker played yesterday. You know what I'm saying? So that's 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 key. That Things could have shifted different if Kimba was healthy. But, you know, beating Boston, beating Golden State, you know, KD coming back off of the injury, Steve Nash is being his first actual coaching opportunity. They definitely look to be dangerous, man. I'm not even going to lie, even in the first couple of games. Yeah, and it's not even like the games have been close or thing or you're not seeing a lot of glaring weaknesses amongst them as of yet. Yeah. It's not like they look to be pretty solid, like, and even Kevin Durant, we're seeing glimpses of Kevin Durant, you know what I mean, at his greatest, scoring 16 a quarter, 18 a quarter. Like, he getting buckets. He He's still a walking bucket. Yeah. He's, he's showing that, you know, like, think about Goose. He's been out. He was out for what, a whole season and stuff, and he's coming right back in, and he's, like, dominating, like, almost scoring at will, and I don't know who's going to be able to stop him. Now, I didn't see the first game between Miami and New Orleans. Did you catch the Pelicans heat game? Um, bits of it and stuff. And then, of course, I watched um, clips of it. But that was it. I watched, like, I think the first half of it. And then I had to go do something. Uh, um, but um, Miami was, like, they, they were um, – they were pretty good. Like I watched, like I said, like the first half, and they were first quarter. It looked like it might have been a competitive game. Yeah, they was only up by three on New Orleans, twenty nine twenty six after the first. Yeah, and then after the first quarter, then it was like um, I thought it was more of the Pelicans that. Um, did not really play well, like as a whole. Yeah, like they didn't. They didn't play well. They weren't. Um, like Zion was the like Zion was the only one that was really playing. Yeah, Zion had thirty-two points. He was pretty efficient, shooting eleven for twenty. Um, Ingram definitely has improved big time. I think the thing really that got New Orleans off track 
was all those three-pointers that Duncan Robinson had. I think he had like six threes in the first quarter, first half or something like that. Like that kind of got Miami going off the top, and and and, and they never really turned around. I think uh, New Orleans won the third quarter, but the second quarter and the fourth quarter, you know, Miami clearly was, you know, had their foot on the gas. And, like, there was a lot of opportunity, like, we, they could have used, what's it called? They could have used Zion, like, Zion could have scored more points. They could have used him more, and they could have used him better, because, in all honesty, um, they weren't able to really, they weren't really, they weren't really able to stop him too easy. Right. Like, they could have just kept on feeding him, they, they could have kept on feeding him for the whole game. And it would have been a true problem. That's a fact. What about the second game? It was the Warriors and the Bucks. Now the Bucks beat up on Golden State. This is the second straight game Golden State got beat up on. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Golden State in their first two games have lost by a total of like 66 points. Yeah, like it was one of those, like it shouldn't even have like. Golden State is starting to look like to the point where um, they they're not like you know those you know the NBA teams that you almost wonder if they should be in the NBA at right. They now. look like G League. They, it looked like G League all day. Let's keep it real. Like outside of Steph Curry, those guys look like a bunch of G League players. Yeah, Wiseman, like, the rookie Wiseman, he's coming to his own. Being a fan, but... <laughs> Guys, but I'm gonna say this though. I will say this, being objective about Golden State. I honestly feel like those days is over. That dynasty, that run is over. But yeah. Dr- Draymond didn't play. Steph is coming back. They have no Clay Thompson, and for what it's worth, they lost yeah. to Brooklyn and Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying in the first two games. So they can't really beat up on themselves. They couldn't have been expected to beat Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and then turn around and beat you know Giannis. You know what I'm saying? Even though Stephen Giannis has been the MVP, I think, for the last four years or something like that. So I'm not yeah. putting that much stock into these two losses for Golden State. But like you said, Mumbles, like they just don't even have any chemistry. They're not even playing well. I'm watching Kelly Oubre shooting over like three people while Stephen people just wide open waiting for the ball. Like they, that's not Golden State basketball. And I just don't know how long this going to play out. It feels like that. Even when Steph, even when Steph Curry is doing well and playing well, he doesn't have any weapons to, like, the whole, when you're going to triple team on him and stuff, where he'd normally have Clay Thompson who can shoot, he doesn't really have any secondary weapons to go to. So you can literally triple team, double team him and triple team him and not have any fear. And that's one of Steph Curry's biggest advantages is being able to, even though he's a point guard, being able to play off the ball. Like you could have Klay Thompson bringing the ball up the floor. Steph had be running around, catching the ball, shooting from anywhere. Like he now has to pretty much be a floor general, bring the ball up the floor, find ways to get open, get other people open. I mean, this is a two-time MVP, so it is what it is. But, you know, they're putting a lot of responsibility on Steph, man. And, and, and I just don't even see where to help at. Now, you look at the other side of the court, Milwaukee, we talk about Giannis. Chris Middleton was the one that went off last night, 31 points, uh, 10 for 15. He was 5 for 5 from the free throw line. 
Chris Middleton scares me, Mumbles. I'm not going to lie. His perimeter game is crazy. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's, I think what it is, everyone, it's one of the benefits of everyone will always talk about Giannis and speak about Giannis and everything to where you're going to think, like, that's all Milwaukee has. But, no, they actually do have um, a lot of weapons that you're going to have to deal with. So even if you maybe have somebody that can slow down Giannis, like, there's other, you know, there's other factors that you have to there, deal with. There's, def- there's definitely other factors because yesterday um, Dante DiVincenzo uh, De- DJ Augustine, they both had 13 points for Milwaukee. Drew Holiday, he had 12 points. Uh, Bobby Portis, he had 10 points and was playing, you know, good defense, making his presence known physically in the paint. And, and like I said, Chris Middleton dropping 31. Them guys got a lot of weapons, man. But again, Mumbles, what happens in the postseason? We've watched Milwaukee fold two years in a row. Now, last year, Giannis did get hurt in the bubble. But Middleton, mm-hmm. them guys froze up. And in the year before that, Giannis froze up. So it's like them guys can play ball in the regular season, but when they count, because, you know, we rate, we rate off of championships and rings. And it's like, what are yeah. you going to do in the postseason? And, and that's I'm going to always have questions about Milwaukee until they're able to seal a deal and at least make it to the finals. It's not because the thing about it is, is that um, – they, even though they have other weapons other than Giannis, it is a factor of is Giannis going to be that franchise player and the franchise player who in the playoffs is able to dominate and if he, you know if he can become that, it's the next level thing. It's like like with like with Toronto. We had a great franchise player with um, DeMar DeRozan. Right. Except he wasn't, as much as I love DeMar, he was not able to be the franchise in the playoffs. We, thought we got, we got um, Kawhi, who was able to be the franchise in the playoffs, and everybody else was able to step up around him. We, like Giannis, like if he's not, if he gets hurt or is not stepping up in the playoffs, they're gonna literally need to just I would I would literally get rid of him and have to start someone new around him. This is the best of seven sports talk. Seven Mitchell, Mister Mumbles in the building. You guys want to call up? Let us know what y'all thought about the games yesterday. The phone lines are open nine two nine four three six. 2866 we live streaming from our t7m radio youtube channel as well appreciate everybody that's in the live chat good seven in the building black sheep killer chef killer chef said Giannis is james harden of the east what you think about that oh that damn that is that is very that is absolutely very kind of accurate right now and you know what's crazy mumbles I never even and, thought about it. And, 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 and another thing, right before Giannis did the extension, 
there was talks about James Harden being interested in going to Milwaukee. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, mind you, last year they were beefing. Remember, Giannis and James Harden was beefing last year because Giannis had made some. They didn't. Giannis made sure he didn't pick James Harden in the All Star thing, and then he had some things mm-hmm. to say about James Harden. He went back and forth. You remember that? Um, I remember hearing about it, but I wasn't really following it too tough. But yeah, like I know the the All Star thing happened there. Yeah, the All Star uh, thing happened, and then in an interview, they asked James Harden about it, and he was like, "Man, I wish I was seven feet and didn't really have to have no skill, could just dunk the ball." Like they was just being real petty, going at each <laughs> other last year. But it's just funny how you spin the block now. These guys really could use each other, you know, to get over the hump. Because yeah. I don't know what's up with. Are you surprised that Giannis signed the extension so early? I'm. I'm not because. He's probably getting, he's probably in a situation of having a lot of pull and power and like Milwaukee is his team, you know, so at that point, and he's gotten close enough that he can probably see, you know, a few sketches because where else would he gonna, you know, really go. But my thing about it is even, I didn't, I don't like to judge people. You know what I mean? You got to make your decision best for you, your situation, your family. But they asked him, why was it so important for him to resign so early? His excuse or his reason was because he didn't want his teammates. He didn't want his coaches to be bombarded with free agency questions about is Giannis going to stay or is Giannis leaving after every game that they might lose next year? Like mm. I kind of respect that, but who in their right mind is going to, um, pretty much risk millions and millions and millions of dollars in free agency just because of your teammates or coaches may possibly have to answer those stupid questions. They can just say no comment because they really don't know. So I thought Giannis was kind of copping out with that excuse. And I I kind of feel like Giannis is taking the easy way. I respect the man that want to stay in Milwaukee and build. But let's keep mm-hmm. it real, Mumbles. If they don't win or get to the finals in the next two years, he's going to be then asking for a trade. You see what I'm saying? I don't see him wanting yeah. to stick this out if they don't make no moves. So it's like he yeah. kind of, I don't want to call him a coward, but it's something fishy about him signing so early this extension. Because if he wanted to stay in Milwaukee, he could have waited. But, you know, do what you got to do, I guess. But as I said, like, it might be that the decision gave him his possible, you know, these are your most likely options when it comes to the thing. So then you get the super max and stuff, and, you know, he'd be like, you know what? I'm highly unlikely going to sign anywhere. Let me try to be, let me just do it and show these people that I'm loyal, I'm this, you know, I'm not going to LeBron name them and stuff. But cause I know um, there was talk, like, supposedly with a lot of the trade signings and stuff like that, like, supposedly next year, like, Toronto had a goal of trying to, like, they're saying that they have to totally revamp their plan. Toronto was going to try to sign him if he made it to free agency and stuff. So, like, he might have looked at that and been, like, looked at his options and been, like, well, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not, right. you know. 
I thought Giannis' best bet was to go to Golden State. I, you know, if we if we were going to talk about Golden State redeeming themselves, getting back into that dynasty mode, they didn't have Kevin Durant. I felt like Giannis would would definitely fit perfectly there, or possibly in Miami. You know, he signed the extension. It is a max deal, so he probably could have got more from Milwaukee than any other team. So you're right about that. Um, now, in the chat, my guy Killer Chef said Milwaukee should try to go get Bradley Beal. Or 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 your man Kawhi Leonard. Well, now I'm not gonna say your man Kawhi, but he said the, the yeah. Milwaukee should go get Bradley Beal or possibly Kawhi to play with Giannis. I don't even know what their books is like if they even able to afford another max player. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if they would be able to get a Kawhi like Beal. Beal gonna want max money. He gonna want max dollars, and they and they just gave. Giannis a max extension. I'm pretty sure Chris Middleton's paid out. Uh, the Drew Holiday trade. I know. I don't. I'm not sure what his contract is. Um, but I gotta look at. I'm not sure if they could afford that. To be honest, Killer Chef. Yeah, I'm not really sure of their books. Uh, who they have there? But yeah, I really. I'm. I would be support. They would have to do. I, I would have to believe that they would have to do some type of an ego, some type of sign and trade, something for them to be able to get um, Kawhi. Like, I don't know if they just have the like who's off. I guess it would depend on who's off the contract at the end. Of, like, you know, who's on the last year of their contract right now with Milwaukee. Right, right. My brother, Good Seven, in the chat, he said, you know, Bradley Bill would definitely be a, a, a good fit with the Bucks. But I, I guess at this point, it depends on when Bradley Bill come. Because if he gets traded, that means Milwaukee going to have to give up some pieces, maybe some key pieces. They may can keep Chris Middleton, but they may give up some other key pieces that they may need. They, may, they definitely going to need to have a bench. So I don't know how many pieces they would have to give Washington for Bradley Bill versus Bradley yeah. Bill coming in as a straight free agent. And if they can afford them, they don't have to really let anybody go unless they just want to free up their books. So I don't know how that's going to play out. If if, if the whole Bradley Bill Giannis thing would have to wait till next year um, to happen. And if that's the case, is this going to be another year yet that Giannis not make it to the finals? Yeah. That's what I think is like, he's like, because of course, make playoffs. Their course will be competitive, but as they're playing, as the team they're playing right now, are they able to beat Brooklyn? Are they, you know? Or... Right, 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 right. That's a fact. Speaking of Brooklyn, we on the best of seven, man. We talking about the games at Christmas yesterday, man. Just giving our recap and review of everything that went down yesterday. Seven Mitchell. Mr. Mumbles in the building. This is the best of seven sports talk. If you guys want to call up, the lines are open, 929-436-2866. Speaking of Brooklyn, man, Kyrie Irving went off last night, man. 37 points, eight assists in his return to Boston with KD. The Brooklyn Nets beat up on the Celtics 123-95. to Were you surprised by the, mod, the, the margin that Brooklyn beat Boston by? Yes. Like, because I think we both, I, I, we predicted that Brooklyn was going to win, but you can't, I did not think it would be, like, 
such a, a like think like it would look so like not close at all. That like that second half, the second half is like Boston shouldn't even have came out. I like I don't know they they weren't I don't they it's like they weren't even existing in the second half. I don't know what happened, man. Jason Tatum, 9 for 22 from the field. He was 2 for 6 from three-pointer. He only had 20 points. Jalen Brown, who I think is a good two-way player, he led the team. And then I don't think Kimball Walker played. So I, it, there, there was a lot of variables that you and I didn't even know because we talked about Brooklyn and Boston just a couple of days ago. And there's just a lot of things that we didn't even you know realize and peep. Um, I, I definitely was surprised too, man, because after quarter, after the first quarter, Brooklyn took off like it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, looking, I don't think I'm trying to find about, KD numbers. KD, thirty-three minutes, nine for sixteen. He was three for four from three. He had twenty-nine points. So KD is back on this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like he's really like yeah. He's back like on a level. And I, I don't think he had the best first quarter. And then I think he kind of pulled in, like, a lot and blew it away and stuff like that. So, it's like, he's back on a really high level. Right. And I'll be honest, like, watching the first two games, I think that he's only really good. The scary part about it is, I I think KD is only going to get better. Absolutely, that's it, it because we talked about this as well. He, KD, not that he's not athletic, his game is not based upon his athleticism. K, mm-hmm. KD can just he got like a seven foot wingspan. He can pull up from thirty. You know, he like six foot ten. Like he don't have to drive to the basket and dunk the ball or score. Like he just a walking bucket can shoot from anywhere. So as long as he yeah. can stay healthy. Man, it's up for Brooklyn. Yeah, like, yeah, like, they had, like, a lot, like, look, yeah, like, they had, what, five players and double figures, and so it's, like, the thing about it is, so it's not even, like, it's just all Katie and Kyrie doing all the work and stuff, like, it's getting spread out of the whole team doing well, which is scary as hell, <laughs> like, it's, It'd be good if it was just the two of them, and then you just, you know, yeah, plan around that. But, you know, then you, you have Harris, like. And I'm going to give Steve Nash, I'm going to give Steve Nash some props too, Mumbles, because remember, James Harden talked about wanting to come to Brooklyn. And if that was going to happen, they was probably going to have to trade damn near half that team in order to, yeah. you know, to, to pull off that trade. So I'm wondering how Spencer Dinwiddie and 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 um you know some of these guys are feeling right now, knowing that they really are kind of pawns or pieces that they could have just been, you know, gone. This is a business. This that's how the game go. But you remember yeah. in L.A. when they first attempted to get Anthony Davis to the Lakers and it and it fell through, um, but you know it leaked out that. Um, Lonzo Ball and all these other guys was was in the trade discussions and they just didn't have that chemistry no more once they found out that they was up for being traded. Like I'm surprised Brooklyn didn't are not is not showing that energy right now. So I credit Steve Nash for you know keeping that chemistry together. 
Yeah, it looks like it. I I feel like that is like because of that great that is like the one thing that can um, end up hurting Brooklyn's chances on if there's any like infighting or chemistry issues or if his member yeah he's not his uh, new coach if you know like if he makes any like coaching discrepancies right. like that's the best chance that teams have to be able to compete let's talk about my lakers let's talk some prime time let's let's get into it man let's let's talk about how king james moves into number two all-time scoring on christmas games right behind kobe bryant uh did you see my guy ad and lebron go off last night well i'm not gonna say lebron went off he only had uh 22 points but anthony davis led the way with 26 points um Pretty easy win on cruise control over Luca. Stop comparing Luca to LeBron, y'all. Let's stop doing that right now. It's a good play. Luca did play well. He did. He did. Yeah. I'm tired of the comparisons, though. I'm. I'm. I'm really. It's really disrespectful to me, and it's disrespectful to LeBron because Luca hasn't won anything. Yeah. yeah but yeah, but how old is Luca now? So they keep trying to they compare him to. A lot of the comparisons that I see are comparing Luca to LeBron at that age. Yeah, I've and seen I've seen that, but I don't like that either. Because even though but even though basketball wise, Luca is doing great things with the second and third year. Luca didn't have the pressure coming into the NBA like LeBron James did. People yeah. the world has been following LeBron since before high school. Yeah, Luca wasn't followed at that type of um, impact like that throughout his throughout his teenage years like that. More experience because, like, wasn't he like playing like pro ball in Europe and stuff, or like yeah. grown man ball in Europe for years? Yeah, he's he's definitely battle tested. I don't want to take nothing away from Luca, but you know when we talk about the NBA being the number one league when it comes to basketball. NBA yeah. scouts and recruits, everybody was looking at LeBron for, from, from day one. You know, I don't think people was on Luka like that. And, and to be real, I really don't want to make this a racial conversation, but, you know, it just seems like they always try to bring this great white hype person. Like, they always got to have one token white person in the NBA that's shining. Luka's dope. They don't want, they don't want the NBA to look like it's only only black guys can be successful. So when you have the one white guy that can look like he can compete with the... Because if you look at, like... If you look at, like, who are the elite players in the last how many years? 50. It's uh, always black. It, it, besides Larry Bird, you know, Larry Bird, well-respected, Chris Muller. It's a, it's, I'm not saying that it's not white guys that shouldn't be respected, legends and all that. But all this Chris Dapuazingas and Jason Williams and, and Luca and like come on man. Come on man. We you know, cut it out. Just cut it out. Slow your roll a little bit. There's only there's usually only like one real dominant, you know, like white guy, so they have to give him a little bit of a shine. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I get it. I, I, I kind of get it. But just why do you have to put LeBron James' name in it? Like, find somebody else. Compare him to Larry Bird all day and all night. Don't compare him to LeBron James. I don't care what his potential is off of these first few years. Like, please. LeBron took the weak Cavaliers to the finals in four years. I don't yeah. see Luka taking Dallas to the t- to the finals in the next two years. And, and the Dallas team he playing with is better than that team LeBron took to the finals. Yeah. Please. You have, yeah, especially in the line. Because you've got way too many people that are, like, you have actual teams that are a lot better than you. So. They folded. Dallas folded. They could have made this a better game to me. They didn't have nobody. <laughs> They even looked like they was ready to help Luca last night, especially in the second half. Very true. Yeah, I'm glad LA, you know, coming off of that loss to the Clippers, LeBron looked like he didn't have his legs at all in game one. He was seven for 17 shooting from the floor. AD, he was, he didn't look like the same AD. I told you I wasn't real happy with Montrez Hurled, and, and, I, and we also talked, oh my God, about Marcus Lord have mercy. Let let me see before we get into this Clippers game. Let me just check Mark Gasol's stats from this win last night. Even though the Lakers got the win, Mark Gasol, mm-hmm. Mark Gasol last night. Let me see if I can. Wow, he played twenty minutes, zero for one from the field, zero for one from three, nine rebounds, and two points. So Mark Gasol in two games have only scored two points. I'll, I will be honest, even even like the way he plays out, even Mark um, even Mark Gasol, like when he's playing well, like he's not anymore going to be the biggest offensive threat. You think not like he'll get you some good boards. He will play smart kind of basketball. It's going to be rare that the points are going to be big. I understand that. I, I understand that totally. But we're talking about a seven, we're talking about a seven we're talking about a seven foot one, two hundred and fifty five pound big man playing in the middle. I I don't care about you scoring twenty, thirty points a game. I definitely expect you as being a big man to score more than two points in two games, especially going against Dallas and the Clippers. The Clippers don't even have that much um presence in the paint. That's why they picked up a Baca because they were small. So 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 facing a Baca and um Dallas last night with no Porzingis, you only scored yeah. two points. That's that's ridiculous. We could they need to trade Marcus off for a bag of chips. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. I I I that that is crazy. This is not the team mumbles that I see the Lakers going into the playoffs with. Things are you starting like what Marcus Hall in the playoffs will give you is he's not going to make mistakes. I don't want him. Do I, don't want him I don't want him playing. I don't want him playing. I think Marcus Hall, when he helped y'all win that championship, that was it. When y'all won the championship, everything, it, it was just like Space Jams when their powers got taken out. Like when y'all won the chip, all, all Marcus Hall powers was gone. So rap. They can trade yeah. him. I'm done with him, man. I can't take it. Uh, good seven say Gasol is playing uh, Javel's role from last year, but Javel McGee, the Dw- Dwight Howard, 
they're going to give me more than two points in two games unless they're just not playing. If they're not playing, then okay. JaVel McGee's not a high scorer, but yeah. Marcus saw not I'm even gonna... running up and down the court. Like he's, he's, he's slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're getting kind of up there and stuff, and but the only they, they but he was zero for one, so it's not like he's getting the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Missing. That's true. That's true. He's not missing, but I he's taking up space. You're taking up space. Get off the floor because this is the Showtime Lakers. If you can't run up and down the floor, we don't need you. I'm just being real. This is not one of these half-court offenses. You know, LeBron and them like to get out. They like to run. Alice Caruso, them guys like to run. Kyle Kuzma, they like to run. Marcus Saul, get your slow ass off the court. And then they trying to stay, they, they're about to sign Dennis Schroeder to an extension. They're about to give him more money, and he hasn't proven anything yet in L.A. I don't know what's going on with my Lakers, to be honest. I'm just glad they got a win. And a dominant win, too. It's not like it was against anything a, close. Against a playoff team. against Because they, they, they keep comparing this Luke. They keep putting Luka up on this pedestal, man. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm sorry. Call me a hater. <clears throat> Call like, me. I think Luka needs, like, another dominant player. In addition, uh, in addition to Porzingis, maybe like he needs like he might need to have like a big, like a big three or at least a two and a half. Okay. Because I don't, yeah, like he's good, but I don't know if he take it. You know, good enough to take what they have to something big, like to a play. Like, to be a championship team, like right. a playoff team that's gonna right now, like they're a playoff team that's gonna like lose in the second round. Did you see the game late last night? Did you see the last game? Because I, you know, I, I refuse to stay up late just to watch the Clippers game. But did you watch the last night? No, I watched um, like the highlights of it. Oh my God, man! Kawhi Leonard, a bloody. Kawhi Leonard was forced from the Clippers game last night playing the Denver Nuggets in the fourth quarter after a collision. <laughs> Got eight stitches he had to have. Um, he was real bloody, man. It, every Blood was everywhere. Serge Ibaka, that's that Toronto yeah. connection, man. What y'all got going on? <laughs> He's like, hey, you left up. <laughs> yeah. so, no, but... He left when he left. Uh, I think the Clippers was up one hundred eight ninety seven. He had twenty one point seven assists and five boards and four steals in thirty minutes. So Kawhi was playing good before this happened. Yeah, uh, there, there was no there was no answer for for the when Kawhi was in. Um, I think when Kawhi came out. And stuff like that, it does. It did show a weakness of when Kawhi um, came out. Like, so if he gets like injured or something, who's going to step think, up? 
the Clippers are go- might be in a little bit of trouble. Because Paul George only had 23. He led the way yet last night, but he only had 23 last night. He had 33 in game one versus the Lakers. And, yeah. he, shot, and he shot eight for 14 from the field. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, I sometimes I wonder if, like, Paul George it was more hyped than, like, where they wanted to rank him and stuff like that. Sometimes I question. Paul George is overrated to me. Dwayne Wade is overrated to Dwayne Wade is the most overrated player in the NBA, you want to ask me. I'm going to keep it real. We can, That's a whole other conversation, though, but. It's a it's a handful of these guys that are definitely overrated. Paul George is one of them. I mean, all time overrated. Like, thing about it is, is that it's it's hard to put Dwayne Wade as overrated because he has the awards and the wins to back him. You know, to back him up. With who, though? But with who, though? That's my thing. He won with Shaq, and he won with LeBron. When he didn't have either one of those guys, he didn't even sniff the finals. But he won, but he he was the MVP. He was the finals MVP in 2006. That's true, of of the finals. He had, he, he, you can say he was the reason they beat Dallas, but as far as that whole season, as far as getting there to that point, if they didn't pick up Shaq, they wouldn't have been in no finals. And, 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 and when, and then when LeBron come, they sit up there and say, Dwayne Wade taught LeBron how to win. How? He didn't win anything after Shaq left. He wasn't even making the playoffs. He needed LeBron just as much as LeBron needed him to win another ring. Dwayne Wade would have never, ever, ever won a second championship if it wasn't for LeBron James. That's a fact. Yeah. Because even when LeBron came the first year, they didn't win. Dwayne Wade in his career has never, ever went through a year being the best two guard. He's never even had a seat. I don't think he has no MVPs. I don't think he has no regular season MVPs. He's never went through a season of being the best two guard in the NBA. He's always going to be behind Kobe. You know what I'm saying? He came, he got drafted in Miami in 03. They went to the Eastern conference finals in, 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 um, Oh five when they got Shaq and they lost in the Eastern conference finals. Then the next year they won it having Shaq. They won it. He was the finals MVP. Then after that, Dwayne Wade ain't see no finals or nowhere near the finals no more until LeBron came. But they talk about Dwayne Wade is just so great. Like he's a great player, but he he overrated to me. I'm he for them to say that he helped LeBron James win or taught him how to win is so disrespectful to me. It's just blasphemous to me. To be honest. This is the best of seven sports talk. We about to get up. Out of here, another dope show. Me, myself, Seven Mitchell, my guy, Mr. Mumbles. We definitely appreciate everybody out there. Salute to all of y'all that was in the live chat. Drama Tech in the building. Drama Tech said it was Kobe, LeBron, T-Mac, etc. Yeah, I forgot about T-Mac being that true guard. That's a fact. Because <laughs> they said that's not slander, D-Wade. But I'm telling you, we're going to have this conversation, Seven. I'm telling we're going to have this conversation one of these days soon about D-Wade being overrated. Because I promise you. I got a lot of holes I can poke in the story. I'm going to keep it real. I have that conversation. Um, yeah. That's not anything. 
Absolutely. Well, salute to y'all, man. I hope everybody had a dope Christmas. I hope y'all have a dope weekend as well. Hope y'all stay safe. Mumbles and myself will be back at y'all next week with another edition of the Best of Seven. Make sure y'all like, comment, and subscribe. And make sure that y'all check out the full podcast available, Best of Seven Sports Talk on Spotify, as well as iTunes. Killer Chef, Good Seven, Drama Tech, y'all stay safe. Mr. Mumbles, my guy, stay safe. I'm Seven Mitchell, man. This is the Best of Seven Sports Talk on T7M Radio. We up out of here, y'all. Peace. Peace.